Moments ago, a rare interview with Donald Trump outside his MAGA media bubble. Among other things, he was pressed by NBC's Kristen Welker on his false election claims and the ongoing legal cases against him. My instincts are a big part of it. That's been the thing that's gotten me to where I am, my instincts. But I also listen to people. There are many lawyers. I could give you many books. Uh, I, there are books that are written on how the election was rigged. Just to be clear, were you listening to your lawyer's advice or were you listening to your own instincts? I was listening to different people. And when I added it all up, the election was rigged. Were you calling the shots, though, Mr. President, ultimately? Uh, as to whether or not I believed it was rigged? Oh, sure. I, okay. I, it was my decision. Trump was also asked whether he loses sleep over the possibility of going to prison. Listen. You are facing four indictments, 91 felony charges. If you would say it properly, I'm facing four Biden indictments. He told the Justice Department to indict him, or Merrick Garland said, let's indict him. Let me ask you this, Mr. President. They indicted their political opponent. I just want to hear from you on this. I want to know what's in your head. When you go to bed at night, do you worry about going to jail? No, I don't, really. I don't even think about it. I'm built a little differently, I guess. These are political, these are Banana Republic indictments. These are third world indictments. The former president also made some news on abortion, refusing to take a stand on whether or not there should be a federal ban. Let's listen. People are starting to think of 15 weeks. That seems to be a number that people are talking about right now. Would you sign that? Uh, uh, I, would, I would sit down with both sides and I'd negotiate something and we'll end up with peace on that issue for the first time in 52 years. Uh, I'm not going to say I would or I wouldn't. Let's dig deeper now with New York Times senior political correspondent and CNN political analyst Maggie Haberman. Maggie, good morning. Um, first, let's start with morning. the fact that Donald Trump is doing this interview. Why is he sitting down with Meet the Press? I think a couple of reasons. Number one, his advisors are aware that he needs to try to have opportunities where he can inject himself into mainstream media that existing in his in his carefully cultivated and curated um, ecosystem this far is not going to get him far in a general election and at the moment he remains the front runner by a wide mile and I, I think what he said uh, to Kristen is correct I think he thought that she was fair in the debate and that's why he agreed to do it um, you know I, I don't think it's 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 much more than that he's been very frustrated that he has not been able to get on mainstream media more since the January 6 2021 attack uh, and Maggie, we heard him talking about uh, how he says he's built differently, that he doesn't worry about going to prison. It struck me, though, that well after that question was asked in the interview, unprompted, he brings it up again, the question of whether it stresses him that he has these four major cases looming against him. Um, what are you hearing from people privately around him about the way he talks about that potential problem? He doesn't openly say, Boris, I'm afraid, but he talks about it with an enormous amount of anxiety to a number of people. And I think somebody who truly was not worried about this and not worried about the prospect of being criminally sentenced would not talk about it the way that he does to a number of people, would not be as angry about it as he is in private, would not seem as stressed out about it. And, and you know, anyone would be stressed out uh, under right. indictment. Uh, part of his whole 
thing publicly is trying to act as if nothing bothers him and how he's he's very different than everyone else. Uh, it was uh, among the things he said that was not especially believable in the interview. I also wanted to get your thoughts on his threat, quote, retribution if he's reelected against his political opponents. He was asked specifically what he means by that. Let's listen. When I talk about retribution, I'm talking about fairness. We have to treat people fairly. These people on January 6th, they went, some of them never even went into the building and they're being given sentences of, you know, many years. Are you going to pardon those people who've been convicted, well, Mr. President? Them, and I certainly might if I think it's appropriate. Uh, no, it's a very, very sad thing. And it's, they're dividing the country so badly and it's very dangerous. Back to his days uh, in the White House, he often tried to get his Department of Justice to go after his political opponents. Um, should we take these things seriously, especially if he's reelected? I think that former President Trump has been quite clear, and despite him saying to Kristen, no, no, I don't do that in terms of seeking retribution against his enemies, to your point, he did try to do that when he was president. I think that people should not assume that that would not continue, and he has been quite clear that he is looking for payback. His allies and advisors have been quite clear that he is looking for payback. I, I would take him seriously, given that he's openly talking about uh, eroding Justice Department independence and that norm and appointing a special prosecutor against the Bidens on day one. Trump also talked about his age. It is a, a constant attack from the right against President Joe Biden. But Trump himself is almost in his 80s. Let's listen to some of that exchange. What do you say to people who say it is time for a new generation of leaders? Well, it's always time for a new generation. But, you know, some of the greatest world leaders have been in their 80s. I'm not anywhere very near 80, by the way. You will be in your 80s if you're reelected. Does that concern you at all? Well, I will be toward the end. Mm -hmm. uh, no, because my father lived uh, much longer than that. My mother lived much longer than that. So genetically, that's a good thing. He's only three years younger than Joe Biden. And yet there is this public perception. Let's look at this uh, poll from CBS News. Uh, are you or is a candidate's health or rather which candidate is physically healthy enough to serve as president? Voters overwhelmingly saying that only Donald Trump is by a pretty sizable margin. Uh, there's a stubborn perception that Biden is older than Trump in ways beyond years, Maggie. How much do you think that impacts voters and, and how is Trump exploiting that potentially? I think we're going to find out how much it impacts voters, uh, especially if, if the, the, the contest ends up being these two against each other. I think it was James Carville who said, who said recently in public that, you know, this is, this is not a, a media construct. This is something voters are talking about, and it, and it comes up in conversation. Uh, you're going to see the Republicans continue to try to exploit that. Again, it, it, is, it is because it is something that exists in voters' minds. I think that the, the White House uh, has limited uh, ways of dealing with that, but you are correct that the former the former president is not a whole lot younger. And when people reach a certain age, questions about deteriorating health are going to continue. Uh, you know, there were issues about former President Trump's health when he was in office. Uh, there was a, a bit of a question around his, uh, his heart disease and so forth. Um, but he does not strike the same note for voters. That is true, at least so far. Yeah, he's also had a, a few senior moments, including uh, just a few days ago. Uh, let's also talk about foreign affairs. Uh, Trump was asked in this interview about the war in Ukraine, his relationship with Vladimir Putin. He talked about potentially getting Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky and Putin 
in a room and coming up with a deal. How do you think American foreign policy might be altered if Trump is reelected? Well, again, I don't think we're seeing some radical change from Trump's first uh, Trump's term, the one term he had in office. You know, he he was constantly praising authoritarians. He he wanted to have a, a decent public relationship with Putin. Uh, you know, he did not exactly view the post World War II international order as vital to the U.S. I think you will see more of that going forward, and I think that is part of what people are concerned about. The Republican Party has shifted dramatically in mm. terms of whether where it thinks that the U.S. should be on Ukraine, and I think you are going to see that as a factor in the coming months. But what that looks like in a general election uh, is an open question. It also struck me that as Kristen Welker was presenting him with uh, some of the terrible things the Kremlin has done in Ukraine, war crimes, essentially, uh, Trump mm -hmm. seemed to sort of just diminish it. No? Well, I think his line, I don't remember if it was in the campaign in 2016 or once he was in, in the White House, but he was asked about, uh, you know, behavior of other foreign leaders. And his line was essentially, you think we're so innocent. I think that you're going to mm. see him uh, continue to talk about that. You know, he has he has treated a, this as something of an equivalence between Ukraine and Russia in terms of conduct. I don't think that's going to change.